Welcome to the Collide Kids Podcast, hosted by Kristen Clark. This is a show for kids and families. You are going to meet new people and have fun while you listen. Let's do it! y'all. Welcome to the Collide Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Clark. The Collide Kids Podcast is a show for kids and families where we learn together how life and faith collide. I am so glad that you are listening today. Thanks for tuning in and checking this out, especially if you're new. Hey, be sure to listen to the end of every episode. That's where we have our kids only segment where kids just like you get to be on the podcast. Well, I don't know if you know this about me, but I love Christian music and worship music. My family almost always has Christian radio on in the car. And one of my favorite songs right now is called Into the Sea, It's Gonna Be Okay by our guest today. Her name is Tasha Layton. One of Billboard's top five female Christian artists of 2020, this South Carolina native launched her music career in Los Angeles, quickly becoming an in-demand session singer. She appeared on season nine of American Idol and spent four years as a backup vocalist for pop superstar Katy Perry. Tasha's voice has also been heard in productions for Disneyland, Cirque du Soleil, Nickelodeon Television, and she has served as an instructor at Tribeca Nazarene University. Currently, she lives in Nashville with her husband, Keith, and their two kids. I am so excited for you to hear Tasha's story and the incredible life experiences she's gone through that have always pointed her back to God. Here is my conversation with Tasha Layton. Tasha Layton, thank you so much for being on the Collide Kids podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm so excited to meet you and to hear your story. Will you just introduce yourself to everyone and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, well, my name's Tasha Layton, and I am a worship leader and a Christian music artist and um I never thought that I would describe myself as an artist, but um but it is what I do. And so I do include that in how I uh, describe myself. But yeah, just I speak a lot of places and I lead worship and I do music. So might hear me on the radio or um, see me talking to some people somewhere. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of what I do. That's awesome. And you're a mom, right? Yes. First and foremost, a mom. I have (laughs) A little boy who just turned four. We had a huge Paw Patrol birthday. Nice. Um, and I have a little girl who is 18 months. And we all sing Paw Patrol songs in our sleep because we <laughs> see it so much. And we did, we've seen the movie twice already. So, oh, very yeah, That's right. They we are a Paw Patrol house. <laughs> Yeah. And I used to not like the song because I thought this is a really bad melody and lyric. (laughs) They could have done a lot better. But now I'm like dreaming, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol. I'm like singing it all the time. Like, well, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's just so catchy. Yeah. Um, Maybe they knew. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. That's right. They knew something we didn't know. Yeah. So speaking of Paw Patrol, this is a podcast for kids. And so we always love to start out by asking for the guests to share a joke. So you have a good joke you want to share with us today? Okay. So my husband is the king of jokes. If you start and I, it makes me feel not funny because he's so (laughs) funny. 
And he's so full of jokes that I feel like I have nothing to offer. But he does tell me some really good dad jokes that I can share. He says, um, why did the teddy bear say no to dessert? Because he was stuffed. (laughs) (laughs) And then he, he always says, what's worse than finding a worm in your apple? Finding half a worm. (laughs) that's so true (laughs) and gross yeah exactly (laughs) i'm thankful that's never happened to me before has that happened to you have you ever found a half a worm or a worm in your apple you know i have so (gasps) i bit in i bit into one side of it and then i i noticed i was like the other side kind of felt a little soft and when i turned it around there it was and i was really (gasps) thankful that i didn't bite into it really far. That's good. Oh man, that would be really awful. (laughs) That was dangerous. I I was right on the verge, right on the verge. Wow. And live to tell about it. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about your story because you have a lot of music experience. Tell us about how you got started in music. Well, my mom says I came out singing. So even from the time I was a little kid, I was in the car singing. I remember standing in front of a mirror in my bedroom on my bed with a hairbrush in my hand, going to town, just singing. They got me a little, uh, plastic guitar that I used to, um, that I used to play that I got for Christmas. And I just loved music. I loved when my mom turned the radio up. Um, I love singing harmony to songs. I never sang the melody. I always <laughs> sang the harmony. So it's actually funny because when I started doing music full time as a professional singer, I had to learn how to own the melody and sing yeah. out the melody because I always <laughs> wanted to sing harmony. So yeah, I grew up in church and uh, always sang in the choir and on youth worship team and did all that and then um, was really hurt in the church. And kind of walked away from not God necessarily, but just Christianity for a while and went searching to try to find, find truth. And then um, I did a lot of different things. And then when, when I came back to like, you know, the center of it all, I just realized Jesus was the only way for me. And he was the only one who offered true change and power to change in my life. And so Um, I went back to church and I didn't really feel anything, but I just went anyway because I thought sometimes you just have to do things out of obedience and make a decision to do it. You're not always going to feel good about good decisions. And so um, doing the right thing doesn't always feel good, but it's the right thing. And so I went back to church um, for a whole year, didn't feel anything really. I was just kind of numb in life sad, depressed. And then at the end of that year, the pastor said, if you want to touch from God, why don't you come up for prayer after the service today? And I went up and I was the first person up there and the last person to leave. And I just really felt a touch from God that day. And I knew I'd experienced God's presence and it changed the direction of my life and took me from that very sad season into a season of healing and joy and freedom. And so um, I ended up moving to California after college. And I was a music major in college. You asked about my journey in music. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you a really long answer. For I this, love but, it. Um, I 
was a music major in college, but I ended up dropping out because it was so hard. And I was in a really hard place too. I was really depressed and sad and um, also dealing with, you know, learning music theory for the first time because I had never done anything like that. And it was just hard. And I'm actually only three classes shy of a music major, I think. Um, But I did change my major to religion and art (laughs) and I finished with those two. And um, so then after I moved to California to go to seminary. I just really wanted to serve God and I I wanted to serve people. And so I thought I need to know more about the Bible to do that. And so I went to seminary. And then after that, I ended up being a worship leader at a church for four years and really enjoyed that time. And then someone in the church was auditioning for American Idol and they're like, hey, do you want to come with us? We're going to the Rose Bowl which is a big football stadium in Pasadena, California. And I was like, y'all are crazy. I would never do a show like that. (laughs) And so I went and uh, people were camped out like outside of the stadium, like intense. They had been there all night. And I was like, y'all are so nuts. None of y'all are going to make it. There's like 15 or 16,000 people here. And they're only choosing 200. Like, and there's all these professional singers And it's like, sometimes when you feel like you're supposed to do something or you feel kind of that voice in your heart to tell you to like be bold and courageous to do something. Sometimes it's hard when you start comparing yourself to other people because you think, um, well, there's so many other better singers here. And there were so many professional musicians who were auditioning. And so I said, number one, I will never do a show like that. And then number two, I just don't think I would even be good enough compared to all these other people. And so turns out that I made it that day out of 14, some thousand people, they were only choosing 200 and I made it. And I was like, Whoa, what is going on? Clearly it's not just about talent. Right. And so, (laughs) which it's not, it's not that a show like that, it's TV and they're wanting right. to make good TV. So not always the best singer is the person who gets, you know, the golden ticket. What was the, what was the audition process like? Like, what did you have to do? Oh my gosh. They took me out on the football field. They had it sectioned off into all these different sections. It's called a cattle call audition where thousands of people show up. So they have to figure out a way to audition all of them. So they have different booths crossed off in the middle of the field and you go into the booth and they ask you who you are. You sing a song for them. Usually there's a casting person, a producer, a talent person, a judge or something, and uh, maybe three or four people in there. And then you sing a song and you introduce yourself and they might ask you to sing a different song too. And then they ask you to leave and then you either make it or you don't. And so I made it and they told me um, that I would be going back to Hollywood week and are going to another audition mm-hmm. first. And then I would be going to Hollywood week if I make it through that. And so I made it through the other one. So then I made it to Hollywood week wow. and then I made it through every day of the week. We came to the last day where it's right before America votes. And it was the same season as Tori Kelly and Lauren Daigle and all those people. It was oh, wow. really cool. We, we all met during that week and I got to the top 60 and I got cut and I was like, that was so weird because it felt really natural to be around other singers and musicians and stuff. And I was like, maybe I'm supposed to be doing something outside of the church to serve God. 
hmm. and reach people. And I told my pastor and he said, Oh, we've known that for years, Tasha. We're just glad that you're finally figuring it out. <laughs> and so, uh, within a couple months of getting cut from idol, I got a call to audition for the Kesha Rihanna tour. And I was, uh, auditioning on a Monday um, starting rehearsal on Wednesday and we were supposed to leave for Japan on Friday if I made it. Well, I got the job and Wednesday morning I woke up and I thought still small voice saying, you're not supposed to do this. And I was like, what? Like, this is what I feel like I've been working towards and what I feel like God is doing in my life. And my pastor's telling me I should do it and everything. And then I just have gone against the voice of God in my conscience enough to know not to do it. And so I was like, I can't do this. So I called them and I was like, Hey, I, I really appreciate the job, but I don't think it's right for me. And I, I was sure they were going to be really, really mad and they were so gracious. And then I got off the phone and I thought, Oh my gosh, I've made a huge mistake. Like, why did I do that? I just gave up a job that I've been waiting for that I felt like God was calling me to. Right. And now what am I supposed to do? Now I feel stuck. And maybe I should have taken, maybe I'm self-sabotaging. Maybe I'm, (laughs) you know. And so at the same time, I was supposed to be starting rehearsal with them. I get a call from Katy Perry's manager. Can you be here in 20 minutes? We're auditioning girls and we haven't found the right person. And your name came up. And so can you get to Hollywood in 20 minutes? And I was like, Whoa. So I downloaded this song on my phone. You don't get two calls like that in one (laughs) week. It was like, and it was so clear that I wasn't pushing any doors down. Like God was opening the door because I was a no name worship leader from Northridge, California, uh, or lived in Northridge, California. And I didn't, um, I didn't make it super far and idle enough for, you know, to be well-known. And so I knew God was opening the door. So I got there in 20 minutes. I downloaded the song on my phone to learn on the way. And I was the last girl of the day. And we left for Madison square garden two days later. And I was on tour with her for four years. So it was just nuts. It was so crazy. And it was so clear that it was God. Like it's just important to not push doors down. And when doors close in your life, like don't try to push them down or get discouraged because maybe there's another thing that God is making a way for in your life and you don't even know, you know? Yeah. And I think it's so important to pay attention to that still small voice that tells us wait or don't do that. Um, yeah. Because sometimes we do have a lot of outside voices, you know, that are telling us to do things, but that's why God has given us the Holy Spirit in our hearts to help us yep. to, to guide us and to so paying attention yeah. to that voice is so important. I'm so glad you did. And you got to hang out with Katie. Yeah, it's crazy. And I love what you said. You said, um, when God tells you to wait or when he tells you not to do something, but I think it's cool to think about him telling you what to do too. Like mm-hmm. when you're in line at Chick-fil-A and someone in front of you looks sad and you're like, Hey, how are you today? Or I really mm-hmm. like your shirt <laughs> or, you know, just giving them encouragement. I think that's really important to listen to that voice for those things too, to say, God, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to encourage? Maybe somebody's sitting alone at lunch and I need to go sit with them. Or yeah. maybe someone's being made fun of and I need to stand up for them. Um, or 
maybe someone is crying out for help on social media and I'm supposed to call them and make sure they're doing okay. You know, like you just never know. Right. I always, um, I feel like whenever I think of someone randomly, like, you know, when you think of that friend, like I haven't thought about her or talked to her in weeks. Yeah. I always think like, maybe that's God telling me I need to reach out or say, Hey. And so it I always is. pay attention to that. Yeah. Yeah. It is him. I think anything good, all the good thoughts we have are usually God. Like oh, anything yeah. good is from him. So it's him. And so it's funny, like I, I sang full time as a session singer um, while I was leading worship and while I was with Katie and stuff too. And um, it was like crazy because God would tell me which jobs I needed to take. Like I could, I could tell like what things I needed to say yes to and what things I needed to say no to. And it was really amazing because the jobs that I was like, where is this going? Like, why am I taking this job? Or is this going to be good? Is this, you know, I don't know why I'm saying yes to this because it seems really random. And then it would turn out that would be the job that would pay my rent that month. Like that would be the job that would be providing like all of my budget for the month. And I had no idea it was going to pay that or, you know, you just never know. Right. Yeah. So that's so important to follow that voice. What about, tell us a little bit about working with Katy Perry and artists like that. Like, what was that like? We'll be right back after this. You know, raising kids in the digital age isn't easy, but Bark Technology makes products that help parents keep their kids safe online and in real life. They have an app, a phone, and a home device that lets families set parental controls on their internet-connected devices. I love the app because it helps us manage screen time and blocks websites and apps we want our kids to avoid. It also sends alerts and gives us the ability to monitor texts and social media and even track your child's location. Visit bark.us to learn more about how you can keep your kids safe online. Use the code COLLIDEKIDS to get 15% off your subscription of the Bark app. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was like, it was a wild ride. I mean, I pretty much traveled the whole world and they paid for me to go around the world. So like, I got to cross off everything off my bucket list, um, except have a family, uh, (laughs) and have a wraparound porch on my house. Like those are the two things that were left at the at the end of Katie. you know, skydiving, bungee jumping, like all the things I did it all. And it was so much fun. And I think, um, there were a lot of positives about that. And then there were a lot of negatives too. I think, um, people don't realize how hard fame is and like seeing the way Katie had to deal with paparazzi and everyone knowing who she was all the time. That is so hard on a person. And like, I was so sad, you know, for her and for her family, the fact that she couldn't lead a normal life. She couldn't even go to the grocery store or the bank, you know, like just random stuff. And so you start to not feel human after a while because you're like, I can't do normal things like a normal person. And so that part of it was really hard. I saw how sad it was for people who are famous at at times. And then I also saw the good parts of it, like, 
the fact that, you know, she took us on vacation with her and we got to do so many cool things because um, of who she was and, and all of that, we got to see the world. And so it's really, really awesome things and really hard things. It's a pretty lonely life traveling the world all the time because, you know, you're not home for people's birthdays. You're not home for holidays all the time and mm-hmm. um important events or graduations like you kind of lose touch with some people and um it's so hard to stay in touch when you're all the way around the world in a different time zone and when you're getting up they're going to sleep and um <laughs> it's hard to be away from your family and not get to take right. vacation with people you love and so it can be very lonely too um and you just have to work really hard to to keep in touch with people. And, you know, I think after a while people stop inviting you to birthday parties because (laughs) they just figure you're gone. Like they just assume that you're gone and they never know where you are in the world. And so we were only in the United States, maybe three weeks out of the year, um, you know, a couple of those years. And so, uh, it was just really, really busy and it's tiring flying and being on a bus and being on trains and staying in hotels all the time. Like that can be really tiring on your body too. So stuff is not always what it's cracked up to be. Yeah. I think when someone sees someone who's doing something really cool, I think you should never assume that their life is awesome because there's a, a backside to what they do that is like really hard most of the time. Right. I think a lot of things we see on social media and in the, you know, on the news and things like that, it's, we're seeing the good stuff. We're seeing the highlights of hard work and sweat and tired feeling, you know, and all the, like you said, like all the loneliness they're experiencing, we're not seeing all of that. So not to, not to want that, um, all the time. Cause I think a lot of people right now want to be famous and they want to be on YouTube and, but it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's what you're saying. <laughs> it's not. And I think, you know, when you are in a place of fame or people know who you are, they always have something to say too. Like, mm. you know, it's, it's hard to hear. Oh, well, did you see her today? She looked so ugly or she looked fat today. Or, you know, like uh, she sounded so bad singing that song today. Or who does she think she is? I mean, there's so many bad things that people say, you know, cause wow. they, they themselves don't, they don't love themselves. When we don't love ourselves, we tend to bring down other people. So true. when we don't, believe in our own self-worth and know how much God loves us. Mm -hmm. We don't love other people. Well, either hurt people, hurt people. And so I think, you know, especially in that world of like fame and people knowing who you are and the comparison game, um, man, it's not, it's not the way God intended it to be. And I think there's a reason Paul says in the new Testament, you can gain the whole world and lose your soul because even if you're making a lot of money, and you are have a lot of followers on Instagram or TikTok and and you know all these things you can still feel completely and utterly alone and not be fulfilled in life and not be happy that is so true yeah um and i can't imagine having to deal with that all the time cuz if one person says something to me i'm like what you don't like me so i can't imagine yeah. getting that from all sides <laughs> yeah what's well, funny i um you know since i do christian music my my performances 
at different places. A lot of people, you know, they'll put them on YouTube or they'll Facebook live them. And, you know, I, I don't always sound perfect. Like, and I make mistakes and um, it's tough, you know, when you see YouTube comments about, you know, oh man, she doesn't have a very good voice or whatever. <laughs> and I think it's important, like, I don't feel swayed by that because I had so many things happen earlier in life where people said wrong things about me. And I think God really had to heal me from that and teach me how to only care about what he says. And scripture says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. We can't be afraid of what people say or do. We have to be conscious and mindful of what God is telling us to do and obedient to what he says in his scripture. And so, um, I think for so long, I was so worried about what people thought. And it's just, you know, in the last 10 years of my life, um, I felt so free because God healed me from worrying about what other people thought. So now when people tell me, you know, oh, you sounded terrible that day, you know, <laughs> or if someone says, oh man, you sound so good. Like I don't let the good or the bad uh, affect me because it really only matters what God says and what That's I right. think about myself and what he says. That's right. That's so true. And I think when we learn to rely more on affirmation that God gives us versus affirmation and compliments and nice things that other people have to say, we're going to do better. Like we're going to be more aware of others. We're going to have more okayness. Speaking of being okay, you have a song out called It's Gonna Be Okay. Tell us a little bit yeah. about that song. We'll be right back after this. Hey parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. Well, in Nashville, when you're writing songs, when you're an artist, you have writing sessions. And so okay. you schedule them, it, whether you feel like writing or not, you just show up because you never know what's going to come from it. And you just, it's a, it's an art and a science. You um, can feel inspired, but you can also just go in and work on your craft of writing. It's mm -hmm. just like practicing your instrument. Um, sometimes you get excited about it and sometimes you don't, but you just keep going. And so <laughs> This was one of those days when I wrote that song where I walked in and I thought, I don't really feel like writing today. I was super pregnant when we wrote that song. Um, or maybe I was like three quarters of the way and just feeling tired, hormonal, yeah. whole thing. And I think my husband and I had an argument on the way to the right. And I think I just was feeling like, okay, God, you're going to have to show up here. And then when I got into the room, I just had this overwhelming sense that I wanted to write a song that really helped people. And in order to do that, I thought I'm just going to channel some emotions from a really dark place in my life and just try to try to write something from my brokenness. Like mm. what did I feel when I was really depressed? What did I think about myself and how has God changed me? What has he said to me to help me through that? And that's really the exact lyrics of the song are just words that I was speaking to the other writers in the room. Like, mm. um, 
you know, the second verse, like maybe I've blamed myself and maybe I've blamed God too. Like those words. And then um, the first verse, my heart is breaking because it's hurting in a way that I never thought it could. I was literally just saying that and we just yeah. put lyrics to it. And then wow. um, I recorded the the vocal that day. And then I realized like when I went back to record our final vocal, because when you write a song, you just, you record what's called a scratch vocal where you okay. just get the idea down and then you learn it, practice it, whatever. You go back in later and do your final vocal. Well, I was too pregnant to sing it. So <laughs> um, I couldn't breathe because my belly was so big. <laughs> so uh, when I went in to do the final vocal, I couldn't sing it. So the vocal you hear on the radio is the vocal from the day we wrote it. Really? And I think it's like five minutes after we wrote it. And I think what's special about that is all of the emotion that I was feeling um, is in that vocal because I was feeling it in that moment and not just singing the song later. And so um, I really love that song. And I've, I'm so thankful that it's helped so many people. Um, I will say that, you know, God says it's going to be okay, not because we're going to get everything we want right. or because things are going to work out the way we want them to. It's going to be okay because we're always going to be with him. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake, as scripture says. And I think, you know, ultimately we're going to spend eternity with him. If we're believers, we're going to heaven and we're going to be with him for all eternity. So no matter what this world throws at us and no matter what we face, um, it's going to be okay because yeah. we have him. And yeah. uh, I always like to say that because I think it's, it's hard for some people when you pray for something over and over and over and it doesn't happen. That doesn't mean that God is mad at you or holding out his best or anything like that. God is still on your side. It just, it's like a parent with a child. They're not going to let you do something that's harmful for you, you know, or not the right thing. And so, um, it's, I think I understood a lot more about God when I had kids because I realized, Oh, my parents, they weren't holding out on me. They weren't right. trying to <laughs> withhold stuff from me. They were actually looking out for me and protecting me. And that's exactly what God does in our lives. Absolutely. And I think we've seen that more in the past couple of years with everything we've gone through with COVID and with all the things that have happened in 2020 and this yeah. year. I mean, I think a lot of things have really pointed us to recognizing that even if everything really does fall apart, we're going to be yeah. okay because of who God is, not because of our circumstances working out. Yeah. And it can always be worse. I mean, like you think about, you know, I have friends who are walking through really, really difficult things right now in the hospital, um, loved ones passing away, like all those things. And even look at Afghanistan, the Christians who are losing their lives for their faith. It's mm -hmm. like, we have it really easy. Like yeah. we need to be really thankful because there's always something to be thankful for and living in America and in, you know, the places we do, like we're pretty spoiled in some ways and sure. we do live a life of freedom. Like we can worship God and we can do those things without being afraid for our lives per se. So I think it's really important to remember um, that it can always be worse. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. And we, can, and we always need to, a lot of times we pray for safety and we pray for God to protect us, but the way that 
Jesus prayed for us, the way that Jesus taught us to pray was to focus on who God is and not focus yeah. just on ourself and our safety. And like you said, there's people in the world that do not have that um, promise that they will be safe, but they do have yeah. a promise that God will always be with them. That's right. I know a lot of people's careers have changed during 2020, especially people that do live events. So yeah. how, how has your job been different um, through this season? Well, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was really different because number one, I had a baby. And so I had a newborn um, and it just kind of rolled right into quarantine. Like I, I was at home with my new baby anyway. Um, and so that was different because life just sort of looked the same forever. <laughs> it took a long time for things to change and everything got canceled at the beginning. And then it wasn't that long into it though, that stuff started opening back up or we learn how to like have a concert in a parking lot in cars or mm -hmm. do something in a different way. And so I think, um, since maybe about halfway through stuff's been really busy for me. Everything's kind of opened up and, mm -hmm. um, shows that were canceled at the beginning are now like coming back up. So, um, it's, it's looked a little weird in reference to like how many zooms and how many <laughs> podcasts I've done versus like in person interviews and stuff like that. But otherwise, I mean, it's just been really busy and yeah. we tried to write, some during the pandemic too, but it was hard with, with both kids at home and no childcare and stuff too. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, with my kids, uh, my, cause my son was three, had just turned three. And then my daughter was maybe seven months old or something. And so we just had our hands full. Yeah. Sounds like it. <laughs> Well, this has been such a good conversation. I, I really appreciate all that you've shared today about your story. And um, I always like to ask my guests to share a memory from when they were a kid before we close out. So do you have a memory you want to share with us today? I have a pretty funny memory I could share. Um, okay. So when I was little, we had a lot of land and I had a horse. We lived out in the country and I would get up every morning really early and go feed my horse before I went to school. Well, I also wore glasses and my vision was so bad. I was like legally blind. And, um, since then I've had LASIK surgery and it was like the most awesome thing I'd ever done. <laughs> but, um, when I was little, I, you know, would put my glasses on my nightstand. Well, I woke up early to go feed my horse and I, I don't know why, but my glasses weren't on the nightstand. And so I was like, Okay, well, I'll just run down real quick and then I'll find them when I get back. So I ran down to the barn. I looked, peeked in the barn and the switch for the electric fence looked like it was off. So I just went ahead and got the sweet feed for my horse and I climbed through the fence, fed her. And on the way out, the metal handle from the bucket hit the electric fence and I got shocked really bad. It, I, went, I flew back like 10 feet. Cause we had a really strong electric fence um, because my horse was big and she was kind of ornery. And so we got one that was like fit for a Buffalo. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so I quickly realized, well, actually I didn't quickly realize I thought I had been shot because when you're shocked, you hear like a loud pow in your ears. So like a lot of people hunted around us too. So yeah. I, 
I, all I knew is I heard a loud, a loud pow and I was hurting and I was laying on my back 10 feet away from the fence. And I thought I've been shot. I've been shot. <laughs> and my mom saw. And so she, she ran out and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I've been shot. I've been shot. And she said, no, silly. You just got shocked by the fence. <laughs> so it turns out the fence was not off and I did need to find my glasses before I went down there for sure. So lesson learned, did it affect yep. your hair? Or did your hair stand up straight or anything like that? I have no idea. It could have. I don't remember. All I remember was like laughing afterwards because I literally thought that someone had shot me with a shotgun. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's so good. Well, thank you for sharing that. And it was so great to meet you today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Wow, I loved talking with her and learning about her music and all her life experiences. You know, just like her song says, we're not promised that everything is going to work out and we will always be happy. But because of God, we know that we will be okay because he's with us through all of it. He's guiding us and helping us and loving us through whatever. And she encouraged us that sometimes you're not always going to feel good about good decisions. Doing the right thing doesn't always feel right. It doesn't always feel good. But if it's the right thing, it's what you're supposed to do. And I love when she reminded us that the only thing that matters is what God thinks of us. Instead of what other people think or say or do, we should only care about what he says about us. Such good reminders. Well, for more information about Tasha Layton and her music, go check out her website. It's TashaLayton.com. Now it's time for the kids only segment. This is the part of the show where you get to be on the podcast. So I'm really excited to share this joke from my friend, Zach. There's this guy. He loves tractors. Got tractor posters, tractor figurines, 10 tractors. And the only thing he loves more than tractors is his wife. And one day... His wife gets run over by a tractor. He rips down all the posters, burns the figurines, sells his tractors. He's absolutely devastated. He doesn't want anything to do with tractors. He absolutely hates them. And one day, three years later, after the death of his wife, he goes on his, he goes on his first date. And halfway through the date, the room fills with smoke. Everybody's panicking. And he goes, don't worry, I got this. And goes, <sighs> takes a big breath of air and goes, <sighs> and all the smoke's gone. And everyone's like, well, how'd you do that? He says, I'm an extractor fan. It took me a minute to turn the mic back on because I was laughing. Zach, that was so great. Thank you for sharing that joke. 
Hey, I'd love to hear your favorite joke. If you have one you want to share with me or an encouraging quote that you like from a book or a movie, or maybe you have a favorite Bible verse that you want to share, you can find all the information about how to send that to me through my website and my social media. I'm on Facebook at the Collide Kids Podcast or on Instagram at Collide Kids Pod. You can also check out my website, thecollidekidspodcast.com. And just as a reminder from last week, I would love for you to join me and other Collide Kids podcast listeners in reaching some of the hardest to reach places with the ministry organization, Operation Christmas Child. Let's build 50 shoeboxes together online. Go to the collidekidspodcast.com and click the button that says give to OCC and you can get started. Would you like to support the podcast? Here's a few ways you can do that. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast so that new episodes will automatically load each week into whatever podcast app you're using and leave a rating and a review. It really does help other people find out about the show. You can also share the episode with friends and family and tell them why you and your family like to listen. Or you can go to my website and click the link that says, buy me a coffee. And anytime you think of it, I always appreciate your prayer support as well. Thank you so much for listening today. In case no one has told you, I'd love to be the first to remind you that God loves you so much. See ya! Looking for help and hope can be a chore, and you don't need any more of those. So consider downloading the River Mobile app. It's a radio station committed to playing songs that will lift you up and help you out no matter what you're going through. Songs from artists like Lauren Daigle, Zach Williams, and Toby Mac. It's totally free with no subscriptions. Just search 1049 The River in your app store or listen online at riverradio.com.